So, wife, mother, pastor, motivational speaker, former Miss South Africa Top 100, Mrs. Johannesburg Personality of 2019. <laughs> I'm speaking in capital letters to Roxanne Maestri. <laughs> Hello, Roxanne. How are you doing? Um, not bad, not bad. <laughs> you see, outside of the comfort zone with a hello already, that's not bad. <laughs> Roxanne, you will have to introduce yourself. If you, now, I mean, I just gave them the biog, as in the mm-hmm. ones with the glitter and the glam around it. But if you had to be at home <laughs> with no shoes and you've got to impress no one, no makeup on, if you're just yourself, who are you there? Well, I would say I'm just a child of God, uh, living every day, trying my best to please, to motivate, to uplift other people. Because remember, when we go to heaven, they're not going to call me a pastor or Mrs. Johannesburg. They're going to say, welcome, a good and faithful servant. So I'm just nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody, and that is Jesus. Oh, she likes her music as well, <laughs> listening to the song. Oh, yes. <laughs> but are you an outgoing type of person? I mean, if you're on stages and you do motivational speaking and that, does that mean that you're an outgoing person, or do you just need to do that to reach people? No, I'm a fully outgoing person. If I can be out there, I am there. So um, the pageants is just another platform that God opened for me to minister, believe it or not, in, a, in such a event. It's just another platform God helped help me to minister. It also built up my confidence and my boldness. So I travel wherever I'm invited to minister, to preach, or to do motivation. So I'm very much out there. Yeah, but you don't get involved in pageants and stuff like that, summer for nothing. How on earth did you get involved in the first place? You know, that is actually uh, a bit of a, the gods suddenly happened. Mm -hmm. So I was emceeing Total Garage. Total Garage had a women's conference way way back in 2017. And then I was asked to introduce this lady. Now, she had a sash on and she wrote down who she is. But for the life of me, I kept her calling her Mrs. South Africa, but she wasn't. <laughs> and even though it's in front of me, she is Mrs. Transcontinental. I mean, that's totally different from Mrs. South Africa. But anyway, when she came up, she did uh, correct me, and I felt so bad, you know. <laughs> and I felt so bad, and I went home, like, tell my husband, where did I get this Mrs. South Africa from? I grew up watching Miss. South Africa. Never heard of Mrs. South Africa. And you know, Google is your best friend. So I Google it and here we read all about it. And of course, my darling husband he says, you know what? You should enter. I'm like, me? I'm not even 1.5. I'm only 1.4 meters. You know? And those girls are tall. He's like, no, you meet the criteria so you should enter. And that's where it all started. Okay, but then you say, okay, here I am. Huh? Hello, hello, this is Roxanne. Here I am, I've arrived. But then what does it take to actually do this stuff? You know, you need the truth. The truth is you do need boldness. <laughs> you do need courage. You kind of be intimidated, not by the woman, by the physical part of it. You're intimidated by the beauty. I mean, these girls are drop-dead gorgeous. And they are so tall and they are, have uh, credentials and they have this. And, and here am I, I'm like... I'm 1.4, I'm married, two girls, anything else you want to know kind of thing. But the beauty part of it is that 
that's what I'm saying is what I felt. But when you get there, it's not what you feel. They make you feel comfortable. Everybody is all under one vision. Uh, we become, we became sisters at the end of it. We became very friendly, helping each other. And for me, it was sharing our stories. Like, oh, so you got the beauty, but you also got scars. And for me, it was sharing our stories and helping each other, motivation. How can we help each other? You were mentioning just now that you get a platform that you get, well, that you actually can minister there. So what kind of opportunities do you have to actually minister in that arena? Believe it or not, so I became one of, um, that you can say, okay, so Kruger's Door, they've got their own pageant, purely Afrikaans pageant, and Ekne Fistan Afrikaans. So um, um, in that way, what happens, when, when these pageants happen, they obviously have like women's tea party, you know, and then they look for someone to come and mentor or rather give a motivation, not necessarily from a pastor's point of view, but just a normal motivational talk. So that's when doors started opening left, right and center, where I was asked to come and share my story. So, yeah, so that's where I get uh, opportunities to minister, to, to motivate, and the platform just grow from growth. And I even ministered on one gospel. They found me. And the platform was enormous. It was t- sometimes too overwhelming for me. I would preach in the morning and then the same day in the afternoon, travel to another area in all over Johannesburg, all the way to Pumalanga sometimes. So I'm blessed, yes. I see that you're a pastor as well. You studied at Destiny College International. So did you want to get into ministry from an early age already? Or how did that happen? Um, not really. That you can blame my husband <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> I was afraid of even studying further because I was not the brightest student in class. So when we got married, it was never an, uh, a thing. I want to become a pastor. It was never in my dreams. It was never in my aspiration. Nothing. It was just like, then we, we joined this church, and we were offered to study. I'm like, okay, let's try. So my husband was like, I'm not going to study if you don't study kind of situation, you know, <laughs> uh, for better, for worse, for rich, for poor. So we both studied, and we both literally studied together. And my aim was to beat him, which I did a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I'm going to say, it was another study. It wasn't um, in my goals. It was not in my destiny, but it was in God's destiny. And then we got ordained, husband and I got ordained in 2011 as pastors. Sure. But it does make a difference to have that title, that you're a pastor. It does add weight to what you have to say. I mean, if you if you share from your heart just as a normal person, people people listen and that's Mm. nice and all. But somehow it gives Mm. you a platform more even so than Mm. you would have normally. I would agree with you on, on, on a level to say, okay, this is my personal opinion, to say that you don't need a title to share God's word. Mm. Um, you don't need a pulpit to share God's word. You are the walking pulpit. And the reason why I'm saying that, because I was um, exposed to many people that use their title for the wrong reasons. Maybe that's why I have that kind of, you know what? Yes, I'm a pastor. I thank God for that. But it's just an office that I walk in. But it doesn't say that because I'm a pastor, you step aside, put the red carpet for me. I'm VIP. No. I am a servant of God, but the pastoral comes in. He said, yes, I studied and to bring order in the house of God. 
Yes, I'm just thinking by myself, it does open more doors for you. Of course, everyone has got a testimony and you share it with everyone where you get the opportunity. But if you have that legitimacy, you know, it opens more church doors for you, more events where people invite you in in your capacity as a pastor. And then you can share whatever is on your heart, whether there's a red carpet or not. Yes. Okay. Yes. I agree with you. (laughs) Yes. So tell us all about who told you the whole Genesis 3.11 thing. Right. So I'm going to try and keep it short. So as as you know that I entered beauty pages, it was because um, at the age of three, I was the age of three when I was abandoned by my biological mom. Uh, Before I was abandoned by her, I lived with her inside jail because she was involved in prostitution and drugs. So whenever she got arrested, I was basically her, her inmate, if you want to call it that way. And then um, all the men that she was involved with, I was still at three years old. They would burn me with their cigarettes. And, and then one day, one of the men cracked my head open. So then um, she took me and she, and she left me in the corners of the street. So with my head cracked open, three going on to four years old, without understanding a word of English, because I spoke the Arabic language. I grew up in the, in the Muslim, um, studied the Quran. And I spoke the Hindi language, it's an Indian language. I didn't know a word of English. And then somebody found me picking food from the bin. They left me in, in the social workers. The social worker left me in a house of safety. Um, the house of safety was asked to bring me to court together with my biological mom to now decide where do I, where do I go? Only to find that, that my biological mom was murdered or rather hit and run accident she died on the spot the house of safety now became a foster care so remember i was out i didn't understand a word of english so the difficult communication with them however i stayed with them for 18 years but through that 18 years i was sexually abused by the dad of the house fast forward um remember i didn't understand a word of english so every school term i failed I failed. I had more rings that represent failure than pass. I failed every school term, which is the reason why I didn't want to study Bible college, because I always thought I was a failure. Um, by the grace of God, I grew up in a Christian home, by the way. So I knew, so I was learning the Christian things. I tried to commit suicide at the age of 17. And by the grace of God, I passed metric. I, I don't know how I did that, but I passed metric. <laughs> and then fast forward. Um, we, I, I met a man, we got married, um, two years into the marriage, I asked him for a divorce because of my, what I've been through, my sexual abuse. So basically my husband refused to let go of me. That's like another story on nice. itself. Um, three years into our marriage, uh, we decided to have kids. Um, I had three miscarriages. I lost three on my third miscarriage. I went through a mental breakdown and then fast forward, I felt pregnant and that child that I felt pregnant with was given, she was born, praise God, and she was given, she was given three months to survive. That's another testimony on its own because she was getting brain damage and blind. And today, November, this day, she'll be turning 19 years old. Wow. Fast forward, they said I would not have a second child. And I do have, uh, so I'm a mother of two teenage daughters. And November, this year, I'll be married for 25 years. And I say that together, my husband and my kids, they are the, the finger licking, the KFC finger licking secret sauce to my success. Wow. So, by the way, um, I've written a book, and the book is called Who Told You? So, where does Who Told You come from? Who told you that the girl abandoned on the street who don't understand a word of English is not now an author 
uh, five books which still needs to be published. One of which is called Who Told You? In general, I'm saying who told you that your past determines your future? Who told you just because you grew up in a poor background that you'll never up to anything in life? Who told you that you'll never get married? Who told you that you'll never find love? And it goes on. Oh, so that's what I minister about. That is so special. But I see that's not enough for you. I mean, that's, it's, it's one thing no. to have... A platform where you speak to many people at once, but God is very much a one-to-one God, isn't he? He's a God who sees you and who sees your own brokenness. I like Kenako. It's time. I like the way that you then decided that we have to go more personal. Yes. Okay, so Kenako, basically, when I was going through my struggles and my pain and my agony, even though I grew up in a Christian home, um, I didn't have anyone to speak to, anyone to pray with, because you're thinking, now, I can't tell the church people because they know my family. Uh, you get embarrassed and so forth. And even when I had my miscarriages. So Kenako is a, is a WhatsApp prayer group that I started in 2014. From just eight of us, it's now grown to over 200. Now, WhatsApp, people don't like WhatsApp, but this is a very strict, uh, disciplined WhatsApp prayer group. And just a short version of how it works is that each one of us in the group gets a day where you post your prayer request. And the entire group only prays for you. Wow. So there's two groups. There's one from 9, which is currently open from 9 to 3 o'clock. So we close at 3 o'clock. And those that cannot do it during the day, then other ones is from half past six in the afternoon till half past eight. There's another leader, including my husband. So we're all involved together, my husband and I. So that's what it's about. It's about what is your prayer request? So each one of us gets a day allocated to us. You post your prayer, and the rest of the people post their, their prayers on, according to what you are, your prayer request is. And it's now going on very strong by the power and the banner of God. But it does take guts to tell people, you know, one person can't know everyone in that group to be vulnerable and say, but no, this, we don't this know. is the prayer that I need. Or, or is there some anonymity in there? Look, we don't, I don't know anyone in this group. Even though I started the group, I, we don't know them personally. Um, it's up to them if they feel comfortable. And also remember, these people are from all over South Africa. So it's not necessarily that you might just know this person. However, what I, I'm a people's person. I love people. So what we do once a year is that we decide to meet. All those who live in Johannesburg, we have a spot and we meet. All those who live in KZN, we have a spot that we meet. Coming back to what you said now, yes. Your prayer is personal, but then you have to feel comfortable to, to and at the same time, it's both male and female. So it's not a sister's prayer group. <laughs> it's both male and female. So you have to be comfortable enough and trust the Holy Spirit to guide you that you are in the right group and you are posting with your privacy in it. So you've got the platform and now you've got the microphone and you've got everyone listening from everything that you've learned such a hard way in your life. I mean, when I listen to your testimony, you can't believe one person can go through that much and be on the other side, actually at a place where you're whole enough to be able to minister to other people. So if you had to mm. pick and choose that one life message that you learned that's part mm -hmm. of your DNA, that you wish everyone could get mm -hmm. this thing, what would it be? It, it reminds me of Nehemiah. Nehemiah wasn't ashamed to admit his fear. I had a fear. Fear that I would not be accepted. Fear that I would not be loved. Fear that I would not be anything in life. Now, he wasn't ashamed to admit his fear. He just refused to be ruled by it. And when we focus on our fears instead of God, we can't accomplish anything. 
And that's when I actually make a decision. Do I, that's why I said, do I allow my past to dictate my future? Do I allow the past to hold me back? Do I, allow the, do I give the enemy that platform to say you are worth nothing? So I had to make a decision. Say, Lord, here am I. Broken, disgusted, shamed, everything you want to add to it. But take what I've been through and use it to bless someone else. Because what we're all praying for this pain to go away. That's, that, that's human possible, mm, right? Mm. We're all praying for this to go away. But what if God uses that pain, that hurt, that discouragement, that abandonment, that rejection that you went through, uses that to uplift someone else? Use my suicidal incident to, to help stop someone else. You mentioned who told you, you mentioned Kinako. The third one I've got is I'm blessed to be a blessing. Can you see that? Mm. What that is about is that I'm a social media person. I love Facebook, Instagram. I challenge social media. So on my birthday, I don't like receiving gifts. On my birthday, I challenge social media to ask the question, why were you born? Why did God bring you to this earth? Not so you, look, I, everybody loves fancy parties and this and that. Not necessarily all attention on you. So I challenge social media to be a blessing. Now is to go out there and do something for the community. So that's what I do. I'm blessed to be a blessing. It's also an organization where when, when I turned 40, my husband wanted to give me a huge bling bling party. As I said, I also love bling bling party, but I also want to do it such a way, let me put other people first. So I took all that money that he was supposed to give me a party. I turned down a party. I turned down shoes. I love shoes. I turned down <laughs> a trip to overseas. I turned down to buy my own car. And I chose 40 people because I turned 40. And I blessed them with groceries. I visited their house on, the, on, on a one-to-one basis. Never met them before. I, I we went. On the second year, I chose the vendors, the people that sell on the street. I turned 41. I designed graphic design boards for them on my own. And on my birthday, I went and delivered it to them. Why? I'm telling them, just because you are selling tomatoes and sweets on the street, who told you that you cannot be the next owner of Pick and Pay, the next owner of Checkers, the next owner of Spa? Never despise small beginnings. So that's my way of ministry in a very different kind of way. And then the other then the other one is Maria McCabe. She's got a girl's home in Midland. So then I started social media again. And social media came. People I never knew to taxis all the way from Vail Park came and met me. And we just played games with those girls just to show them love. So that's I'm blessed to be a blessing. Mm. And the last one is Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk talks about my suicidal. And also Pillow Talk is if my pillow could talk, it'll tell you of all the tears I shed. In other words, I'm aiming at young girls not to leave school and go look for sugar daddy. I'm aiming at those young people, the young girls that are there in prostitution. And I'm saying that there is a way, there is a God that can heal and, and protect you. And there is a God who loves you. So Pillow Talk is all about, as it says, Pillow Talk. So it's not a conference. It's not a fancy red carpet. It's actually a pajama sleepover party. We just come and we just talk. Mm. If people want to get hold of you, if they want to join you in some ministry, if they want to add, give, whatever it is, however they can get involved, how do they do that? I'm on every social platform. So Facebook, <laughs> it is it is R-O-X dash, capital A, and you notice Roxanne is spelled very uniquely. So it's R-O-X dash, capital A, N-N-E. And then my surname is M for mother, A for apple, I for India, S for sugar, T for Tommy, R for Romeo and Y for yellow. My cell phone number is 073-478-2477. I repeat, 073-478-2477.